I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAB. Thanks as always for joining me. I'll go ahead and say it now. This seems to be kind of a standard disclaimer for the show now. I am in another undisclosed location recording the show before the results of the Tuesday New Hampshire primaries, so I don't know the results. Supposedly, Nikki Haley, uh, I'm recording this on Monday, supposedly Nikki Haley is close. Now, again, this is polls, right? We don't believe the polls that we don't agree with. We believe the polls that... Uh, reinforce what we already believe. So I have no earthly idea if enough people in New Hampshire are this are, are this in love with the system that they would actually vote for Nikki Haley. I do find it hard to believe, but obviously stranger things have happened in American politics. But supposedly Nikki Haley has got right now an outside chance of winning. We'll see. And I'm sure I'll comment uh, on the New Hampshire primaries on Thursday's show. But, you know, I'm, I'm reminded more than ever, particularly during this particular primary season, of why I am a libertarian, at least a, a libertarian thinker. Because when, when I look at what's going on right now, let me get this straight. You mean to tell me that because a few thousand people in Iowa and New Hampshire vote for a particular person overwhelmingly, that I'm them obligated to live under that politician's rule for four or eight years? Because in this particular case, we've seen uh, after the Iowa primaries that Vivek and before the New Hampshire primary, Ron DeSantis have dropped out. Chris Christie was a never ran, blowhard, Chris Krispy Kreme. Uh, he was uh, a non-factor, but now it has been winnowed down to, and I'm not sure if there's some other people in this. Look, really, I, I, I pay attention kind of little to, to this stuff for good or for bad when it comes to this radio show. But uh, after the Iowa election, because a few thousand people in Iowa didn't like Vivek or didn't rally behind Ron DeSantis and got this thing down to just Trump and Nikki, then I am obligated to live under their rules for eight years. I've got family roots in New Hampshire. What a great state. And it's actually got a big libertarian streak to it. uh, New Hampshire is the home of the Free State Project, where a lot of libertarians have gone to live. And they've got some pretty good control, I think, even in their state government there. So it, it again, mystifies me why they would vote for a Nikki Haley to any great degree. But a lot of older people up there that are probably still kind of in the system. But really, it comes down to right now we're looking at, because a few thousand people in Iowa— 
In the dead of winter, got off the couch and drove to a caucus place. They winnowed out two other of the other candidates for people to choose from. Have had to drop out because of their poor showing there. And now I'm supposed to accept the rule. And you, and you understand because it's not just the person. What happens is this person that Iowans decided that they didn't want, it doesn't matter what you want down in Mississippi or in any other state of, of the country, Iowa decided they didn't want it. The, the, again, the few thousand people who showed up in Iowa, and now the few thousand people that will show up in New Hampshire, means that nobody else in the rest of the country will have more than maybe two choices to vote for. And ultimately, a few thousand more people in a couple of different states will winnow this down to just the one person. And everybody in the country is obligated to vote for that person or Joe Biden, essentially. Now, there are other parties, and I would imagine if I do bother to vote, it will be for a third party this year, for sure. But, you know, these people, so the the few thousand people in Iowa, the few thousand people in New Hampshire, not only give us, you know, narrow down this this number of choice that we have, but then that one person goes in and they they hire a ton of unelected people, right? These are the guys and gals, typically, well, I guess traditionally, so far, all men, that end up becoming president and then they appoint I guess tens of thousands of people to run things like the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, the Energy Department, the Transportation Department, and each one of these agencies reach deep, deep into our lives. So really, a few thousand people in Iowa have just set up, set up this cascading event where they made a decision, and God love them, they're free to choose whoever they want, if they want to live under. As a matter of fact, I actually have a kind of a I have an interesting idea. What if we all got to vote for the person that we wanted in charge? And so if you vote for Donald Trump, then you live under everything that Donald Trump and his agency heads put out there. Now, to a lot of people, that may be attractive. Too much government for me. If you vote for Joe Biden, then you give up your gas stoves. Then you go all electric. More about that in just a second. You live under the rules of Joe Biden. Now, me, I'll vote for a libertarian or vote for nobody. I'll just vote for nobody, and I'll live under the rules of nobody. I'll just live my life. But when, when, you, when you really look at the system, and it's why I say I'm a libertarian, because I just don't recognize that a few thousand people in Iowa get to decide who runs giant chunks of my life for the next four to eight years. And if you ever get to the point where you actually think of yourself as a free human being, it will seem as insane to you as it does to me. <laughs> right now, I'm the only person on talk radio or particularly conservative talk radio in the heat of a political season when this is really where all the, all the ratings are made, all the tribes are decided, everybody's fired up. But to people like me, the, the, I, what I can only assume is about 1% of the people, but 99% of the people aren't where I am right now, apparently. Because I see them all falling in line behind one side or the other and going to any outlet they can, social media or radio or television or whatever, to try to sell you on their guy or their gal because they, they want a ruler. See, I'm not the same as those people. So I will, uh, we'll see what happens in New Hampshire. I'm interested. Look, there may be two things 
that I'm going to give Donald Trump credit for when it's all said and done, everyone knowing I'm no Trump fan whatsoever. But he may be the guy who saves us from Hillary Clinton and from Nikki Haley. And I may have to just give him credit for that while he's growing the government even more should he get a second term, which is what he'll do. It's not much because I think he could have done so much more, but I'll have to give that to him the next time he's growing our government. Um, I did want, I'm actually going to spend a little bit of time today on some good news. Look, the, the globalist plan, the World Economic Forum has just met. We're going to talk about it. It's falling apart. The World Economic Forum and their ideas are falling apart and failing around the planet. And it's actually fantastic. My quote of the day today is from John Jay. He was a founding father, one of the lesser known founding fathers. He was also the original, I believe, Chief Justice of the U.S., the first U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, more about that in a minute. We just had another, another ruling from the, the nine people, again, unelected, appointed by the people who Iowa votes for. They pick a candidate, shove them down the throats of everybody in the country, and that person gets up there and they nominate Supreme Court justices, and then we're supposed to live under those rules until they die. That's the craziest term I've ever seen, where they're there till they die. So we've had another, another bad Supreme Court ruling. But John Jay, the original Chief Justice, and this is interesting because, you know, I'll just go ahead and say, look, the Supreme Court is just another one of these failed institutions. The United States has got what I believe to be a pretty terrible legal system. The strange thing is, it may be one of the best in the world by comparison. But you have actually a lot of federal employees, particularly when it comes to federal courts. You've got a bunch of federal employees listening to their fellow federal employees make a case against some ordinary citizen with no power. And time and time again, what is the conviction rate in federal court? The federal government comes after you. It's something like 98, 99 percent. They don't lose because they have endless amounts of money, resources to destroy you financially until you cry, uncle, and take a plea deal. Or they can beat you up in court because they are appearing in front of another one of their fellow federal employees. It's, it's really quite the system if you sit back and look at it. This idea of a, uh, of a woman with a blindfold on and the, the scales of justice. Now, that blindfold is... Uh, I believe one eye is peeking out because these are federal employees. Same with the Supreme Court. It's just another political organization. This is one of the things with every political, uh, every presidential election, right? Well, I got to get my guy or my gal in there because I'm really concerned about the makeup of the Supreme Court. Isn't the Supreme Court supposed to be there basically to just say this is constitutional or it's not constitutional? They're supposed to be experts on that. I don't know we've had that since John Jay. Because John Jay was one of the founding fathers. He didn't have to try to figure out what they meant by certain things in the Constitution. He helped write it. He knew. He knew what they intended at the time. But now we're so far away from that, we're looking at how, do, how does my side, and this is, you know this is true because there's always a pitched battle between the right and the left for getting their majority onto the court. If the Supreme Court was this 
group of really special, exceptional people who really understood the Constitution and could easily view something and say, that's constitutional, it's not, but that's not what it is. It's a bunch of political monsters making rules, nine people in robes who serve lifetime terms appointed by political people deciding what you and I can do. The other 330 million of us wait for these nine people in robes to come down with a ruling to let us know what we can do. Most recently, they voted against allowing Texas to protect itself, to close its own borders. And I've already heard some people coming in and talking about what parts of the Constitution allow Texas to do this. To, to me, it's like, of course Texas can defend itself, close its own borders. It, it, Texas has a sovereignty. Every state has a sovereignty. They don't exercise it because they're all on the teat of the federal government or the players, the Tate Reeves, these kinds of people, they have ambitions to make sure that they're good team players for the Republican Party out of Washington, D.C., because that's the real seat of power. They don't want to upset the apple cart. But it seems like a no-brainer that if Texas wants to close their southern border, they close their southern border. And so this has just come out. Apparently, Amy Coney Barrett, another one of Trump's appointees, sided with the group who said, no, they can't do this. Oops. Who would have thunk <laughs> that one of our guys, appointees, disappointed us again? This happens over and over and over again, of course. The Supreme Court is just another one of these institutions that has been granted this almost deity status. It's nine human beings, mostly political animals, that have been used by politicians to get their way on both the right and the left. Another reason, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't really know what a lot of libertarians views. You would think it would be really important to have a governing body that would slap down Congress or, or any, any bureaucrat or rogue politician in the country that tried to enact something that strips us of our freedom. It would be great to have nine people in robes, I wouldn't care about their term, if they were just objectively smart, uh, well-researched, uh, uh, nonpartisan people who just said, no, the Constitution says you can't do this. But the, the Supreme Court twists and turns the Commerce Clause and all these other parts of the Constitution to ultimately always give the state more power. Almost always. Seems that way anyway. I'll just put it this way. They haven't stood in the way of the state accumulating more power over the past hundred years, have they? As we've seen this government grow. The longest run-up I've ever had to a quote of the day, John Jay, John Jay, our original chief justice said, quote, no power on earth has a right to take our property from us without our consent. No power on earth has a right to take our property from us without our consent. You think about all the things that are taken from us these days by the hands of our own government that John Jay helped to found he must be one of those that is turning over in his graves. Uh, I've got to take a break, but when I come back, we're going to get into some of this World Economic stuff, World Economic Forum stuff. They're failing. It is not going well. Now, this could probably be a pretty dangerous time for all of us because you know when, uh, 
You know, when a, when a psychopath is losing, you know, the, the, they, they'll use the velvet glove as long as they can. But if they feel like their power is in danger, that's when the, the bare knuckles come out. So we can only imagine what's coming for us. But it still is great news that the World Economic Forum, the globalist agenda is failing in front of all of us and very publicly around the world. I'll talk about a few examples of that because I think we need to understand, even though there are setbacks like this ruling that Texas can't even defend its own borders, which is ridiculous on its face. In, in, in light of that, some of the big overarching things, I think the trend is our friend if we can keep it going. We'll talk about it when we come back. I was actually in Illinois last week. Oh, gosh, I don't know how they live like that. I had a meeting up in Illinois, and I was looking at the weather forecast before I headed up there, and the temperatures were it was like a negative 12 low, and a high was, I think, three one of the days. And it was funny. I was thinking to myself, in the run-up to that, seeing that weather forecast, I thought, well, sh- surely they're going to cancel this meeting. I mean, I was almost convinced, okay, I'm not going to have to go up there. I spoke last week about my lack of desire to fly, <laughs> to go through what the airlines and the TSA put us through uh, just to move about the country. So I wasn't looking forward to that, but I saw the weather and I thought, oh, they're not going to they're not gonna haul us up there if it's negative 12 and a high is 3. I get up there, everybody's just living their life. <laughs> I am a true Southern sissy, I guess. And it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't horrible. There was snow and slush on the ground. It wasn't icy. Uh, apparently, while I was gone, Mississippi, I think, had more problems uh, than Illinois did. But the funniest thing about being in Illinois, and, and my heart breaks for the people who were affected by this, but while I was up there, the I always watch the local news when I'm in a, in a place, so much more interesting, and I'm certainly not watching any national news, but I like to see what's going on in the communities I visit. Story after story after story for several days about these electric cars and these sub-zero temperatures. There were people waiting in line in Illinois for hours, and you can only imagine what a terrible feeling. Your battery is going down. It is 10 degrees below zero, 20 degrees below zero with the wind chill. And you're watching your battery die, and you're in line. They were in line sometimes for hours and hours. The chargers stopped working. The cars stopped working. The batteries do not do well in extreme heat, but they really don't do well in extreme cold. And these people were stranded all over the place. And I saw interviews with these people, and and, and again, I wish no ill will against them. If you want to own an electric car, that's that's great. I'd love to have a second car be electric. I think they're interesting technologies. But this idea we're going all electric, boy, didn't a lot of people find out. And they were just saying they're done with it. They're done with it. Poor Uber driver who I'm sure was sold an electric car and the idea that's going to be great. You're not even going to have to spend gas money to to. Take your passengers around. You're really going to rake it in. He said he spent two or three hours a day waiting in line for the chargers he could find that worked. There was one place had 10 Tesla chargers out there. Eight of them were out of service. 
So people were waiting in line for hours and hours, watching their batteries drain. Eventually, the things just became a brick, and they were forced to get get towed. Though the tow truck the tow truck drivers were loving it, they were pulling these electric cars all over the place. Uh, Ford Ford is cutting production of its F one fifty Lightning electric truck amid falling demand. So this is what I'm saying. This is good news. It's a shame that we have to even let them try this stuff out. It's one thing for Elon Musk to come out and say, hey, I've got an electric car. Goes really fast. Kind of cool. You know, there's all, all kinds of ways to market an electric car. As I say, I think it might be a great second car for tooling around town. It would be nice if you could park them in your garage without them consuming your homes and your your home in flames <laughs> when when they blow up. But you know, I'm for innovation and, and interesting new things. But this idea that we're going all electric, boy, it took a giant setback over the past year to two years. I think more and more people, uh, Amazon has dumped a large part of its electric fleet. Of course, they were virtue signaling to all of us that they were going to deliver their smiley face packages with making less of an impact on the planet. Well, it turns out mm, that doesn't work so well, does it? And they have dumped a large number of their electric delivery vehicles for reasons like the cold and the expense of when the batteries wear out. There's a million reasons why we cannot switch to all electric, not in the next 10 years for sure, not in the next 20 years, and it probably won't make sense for hundreds of years. The way things are right now, and oil is one of the greatest discoveries. It's one of the greatest harnessing of energy that probably any species in the universe has ever done. Has delivered more food to desperate people in third world countries based on oil and gasoline. It's a true miracle that our planet has provided this for us and we have harnessed it. And we try to, we try to let them tell us we should turn our back on that and embrace this other. And again, we all know electricity is, it comes from somewhere. <laughs> it's, 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 not just, uh, it's not just out of the sky. It's usually created by coal and some of these other things. It was uh, flying into Illinois, too. I just saw these huge farms of these, uh, of these uh, windmills. And I wish I had the clip again in front of me. I'd play it, but it was the woman who broke the scam on, I think it was people who put these windmills up are getting something like $650,000 a year on these sites. And I was counting them up just thinking, man, I don't know who owns all that farmland. It was also so ugly to look at. The area of Illinois I was in, it's incredibly flat. It's just a ton of, ton of farmland. And it was just really ruined when you're flying in on the plane and you're looking over all this that would be green and pretty and it was covered in snow. And so it was still kind of kind of pretty and calm and peaceful. And then there's all these, all these things just jutting up, just destroying the landscape. But anyway, I, I digress a little bit. They're realizing that this electric revolution is not even going uh, to happen. And what I'm curious about is... I guess, you know, when when you get to be the CEO of a major corporation, I guess you've already sold your soul maybe many times over for things like DEI or or the climate scam. Maybe it's like politics. You just can't get to certain levels without selling out celebrities, these kinds of things. But is there even one car manufacturer that has just said, you know, look, we make great gasoline cars. People want gasoline cars. We're just going to stick to that. 
yeah, we might introduce an electric brand, and it's, you know, it's there if people want it, and if the demand picks up for that, we'll make more of those. But they're not stupid car companies that are just completely irrational when it's a, the, the goal is to go all electric. I mean, I've seen things from everything from BMW to Mercedes to Chevy to all of these different companies saying, oh, yeah, we're committed to this electric future. This just doesn't seem hard. It seems like the winning, most profitable position right now is the vast majority of Americans and people around the world, they want a reliable gasoline car that is dependable. That's what they want. It seems like you would just make a fortune being that one outlier brand that says, we're not doing all this ridiculous stuff. Look, if our our customers want an electric, we'll look at it. They're, they're kind of cool, but we're not making any commitment to doing it. People have loved gas cars since gas cars got cranked up. So we'll see. But it's the same as same as everything else. Is there is there a car company that has come out and said, we are not going to install these kill switches? I don't care what bureaucrat, I don't care what gaggle of politicians in Washington, D.C. gets together and says that our new cars starting in 2026 have got to have a kill switch or an, an alcohol reader in it. We don't care about that. We're just not going to do that because that's not what our customers want. Uh, you know, I, I guess you just can't do that. The federal government is so powerful, they just come in and, and put you out of business. I guess that's where we are as a country right now. But it's kind of like Elon Musk or some of these other people that are bucking the system and gaining wild popularity for it. Seems like it, we are ripe for more than one or two rebels in corporate America that just say, we're not playing this game. We're just not going along. That's not what our people want. You're not going to force us to do things that our customers don't want. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's happening. All right, we'll get back. Uh, Got to take another break. We'll get back in. We're going to look at this World Economic Forum meeting, too, because they know they're in trouble, too. The, the, the uh, I think the lead topic, the, the biggest concern they had was misinformation, which essentially means people are catching on to what we're doing here. <laughs> what do we do? We've, you know, and, and they've been tiptoeing to it to, for decades, right? They've been slowly implementing this stuff. That they've just really gotten to the hard stuff now. You know, eating bugs, that's a, that's a pretty big sell. That's a kind of a tough one. You'll own nothing. That's, that's, a lot of people aren't down with that idea, that you'll never own anything. You'll lease everything from one of their vendors, one of their oligarchs. So they're, they're getting to that hard part of the sell. They sold you on the big government. They've sold you on the wars, and even that's starting to trend in the right direction, but they've sold you on a lot of stuff. Selling you on eating bugs and not owning anything, uh, they're running into some resistance here. I say thank God. And they ran into one one big piece of resistance at the meeting that I definitely would be remiss if I did not play. We'll do that when we come back. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. The World Economic Forum meeting, I saw clips of it. I don't watch a whole lot of it. It just turns my stomach. But I will say I was impressed with how pathetic these people looked. They're basically just talking to the crowd in the room, except that ordinary people are starting to pay attention to what they've been doing. I'm not sure how long they've been meeting, but I believe it's been decades. 
It's really been only the last few years where people have started to started to hear what comes out of those meetings and go, what? You, wait a second. You want to do what to us? And so people are kind of catching on, but these people are just, they're so wildly unimpressive and they're, they're really clutching their pearls at the fact that we are not going along with their plans. And that is, as I say, that's fantastic news. We got to keep it up. I mean, the, I keep talking about this, but it just keeps happening. It's still going on. And I, I guess I should talk about it every show because nobody else is going to tell you. All of these farmers around the world, the German farmers, the French farmers, the Dutch farmers, they're all still out there. It's interesting. They were clogging up the streets in France. And I found myself not really knowing how to think about that because I sure hate it when the just stop oil people block up traffic. You know, the farmers, they've so far done a really, really good job of targeting government buildings. I saw one the other day where they were spraying, you know, they had the, uh, the riot police out there around some government buildings. And I don't know how they have the restraint, because believe you me, they do not have this restraint in the United States. But the, the French farmers were spraying these lines of riot police who were just standing there in their full military garb, all their body armor with their helmets and their batons. And they are, they are just going up and down the line and just spraying them with manure. And the cops are just standing there. It's an absolutely beautiful sight, because I understand... Well, a lot of people want to say, well, we we got to we got to support law enforcement. Well, not when they are protecting the people that are trying to destroy your life. I know that's their job. They're just doing their job, but you know, there were some people in Germany back in the 1930s and 40s where that was not an adequate uh, defense for what they did. And so these farmers were just spraying manure on government buildings and the, the Praetorian Guard of these elites in these countries that are trying to shut down their farms. Now they're blocking traffic. And I got to tell you, I'm like, ah, you're going to start losing people. Maybe that movement has been co-opted as well to try to make them unpopular. Another great victory, Italy. Italy has outlawed lab-grown meat and bug flour in their pasta, from what I've read. I don't know if that means they allow bug flour in uh, in other of their things, but I guess you're not touching Italian pasta. That's kind of their identity. They're not letting you put crickets and mealworms into their into their traditional food. But I love the fact that they've outlawed lab-grown meat. Now I'm a libertarian. If somebody wants to make lab-grown meat, I will sp- spend as much time as I need to on the airwaves educating people about the dangers of this genetically processed crap that Bill Gates and everybody else is trying to sell us. But I love the fact that they are not along. This is Italy. This is Italy, and they are not going along with some of these World Economic Forum uh, plans either. But a, a quick little reminder of what uh, what the World Economic Forum is truly afraid of. They're not afraid of conservatives. They're not afraid of liberals, for the love of God. Liberals are the ones that get pretty excited about their plans for worldwide socialism and total control for our, air quotes here in the studio, safety. There's only one group that the World Economic Forum really fears. You have this anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. So fixing the present system is not enough. Now, there is, of course, a anti-system, which is called libertarianism, which means to tear down everything Everything. which creates some kind of influence of government 
into private lives. Amen. Amen. So somehow libertarianism has gotten on the radar of Klaus Schwab, the Bond villain running the World Economic Forum, and I'll tell you how I think it got there. God knows in the United States of America, libertarians are a small, small, tiny fraction of the population because there are very few people who actually understand what real freedom is, and they're scared to death of it. Even the most patriotic conservative that will tell you they love small government, they're just frightened to death that their neighbor may be able to live whatever kind. And the, the funny thing is, we all think we all deserve total freedom because we're smart and moral and we'll use it correctly and all that stuff. But, but most people think, but I can't trust other people with it. It just would be chaos, Mike. I know some of these people and what they—I would handle freedom great, but nobody else can, so we got to have a big government. we got to have a ton of cops. we got to police and morality and behavior and all those things. Even if there's a victimless crime, if it's a, if it's a bad idea and I don't like it, I want to see those people prosecuted. As I've said, you cannot pick and choose your freedoms, but uh, the, the greatest nightmare of places like the World Economic Forum is libertarians. Because libertarians, they do want to destroy— they want to tear down. They don't want to fix. They don't want to reform. They want to tear down everything that even has the possibility to grow back into the beast that we'll get into. What did he say? The government's uh, involvement in our lives. That's what his big concern is. They want to tear down everything that, that, that has anything to do with government involvement in their private lives. That's what he says. He uses the word private. Well, hell yes. Yeah, I want you out of my private life. But I think the reason that he got into uh, expressing his distaste for this anti-system, tear-everything-down tear system as libertarians, was strictly because of one new leader on the world stage who actually appeared at the World Economic Forum not long after Klaus Schwab made those remarks, and that is Javier Mille from Argentina. Now, I don't know if you've had a chance to go listen to this speech. I thought about spending 20 minutes of this show just playing the speech, but I got to tell you, it's wordy. It's very economically based. And a lot of people just, I'll be honest with you, I don't think a lot of people would understand it. This guy is at least as an economist. The jury's still out on Mele. Let me just say it again. I'm so distrustful that I don't know if this guy is the real deal or not. And there's been a few things that I thought were a tad bit concerning, I will say. But this was absolutely fascinating to hear him go to the World Economic Forum and say this. Good afternoon. And this is obviously, AI has finally done something for me. There's, they used an AI program, and they have translated his Spanish into English, and this actually makes his mouth move with it. It sounds like he's speaking in English. He was not. Thank you very much. Today, I am present to inform you that the Western world is facing a significant threat. It is in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the Western world are co-opted by a worldview that inevitably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty and economic deprivation. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-intentioned desires to help others and others, by the desire to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world, but rather they are their cause. 
Trust me, there is no one better than us Argentines to provide testimony on these two issues. When we embraced freedom in 1860, in 35 years we became the world's first dominant power. 35 years we became the first world power. While when we embraced collectivism over the past 100 years, we saw how our citizens began to systematically impoverish themselves until they fell to the 140th position in the world. 40 in the world. But before we can have this discussion, it would be important for us to first look at the data that supports why free market capitalism is not only a possible system to end world poverty, but also the only morally desirable system to achieve it. So there you go. As I say, I, I felt like I probably should have played all 20 minutes. It was a very interesting speech. There are a couple of things in there. I'd be honest with you, I didn't quite understand, but this guy is an, uh, an Austrian econ uh, economist. So he, he is a professed libertarian. And he went in front of the World Economic Forum and said collectivism is a no-go, and here's why it's a disaster. And he explains it, and it's interesting because he's actually coming from, not a theoretical, he's lived through the ravages of socialism in his country. How it took them from one of the most prosperous countries to one of the least prosperous countries using that ideology. And he did it in the faces of, of these, these parasites at the World Economic Forum. This is another big win. Another big win against that. What it, what it turns into, I don't know. But more people now are hearing these ideas and understanding that there is a better way if they have not heard it before. And there's a lot of countries, <laughs> there's a lot of countries out there. A lot of people in the U.S. need to hear this kind of stuff. But there are certainly countries in Europe that need to hear these things, too, as they go more collectivist, more totalitarian and it's always said it's it's for the people's good. He's somebody who's come from a country that understands it was not for the good of the people. I'll be right back. Woke up in my closet and this morning. All right, I've only got a few minutes left. One of the most interesting things talking about Millet is this, this idea that Javier Millet down in Argentina is, is one of you uh, conservatives. And he says a lot of things that conservatives like, and I see people cheering for him, and I just find myself scratching my head saying, well, why don't you look for those kinds of people here in the United States? You actually just had one in Vivek Ramaswamy, and a few thousand people in Iowa decided he was a no-go. We got to stick with the guy who grew our government by leaps and bounds, who wants to build the FBI a new headquarters. We had Ron Paul in 2008, 2009. Republicans chose, conservatives chose John McCain and Mitt Romney instead of him. So I would love to think that Javier Millet is opening some idea, uh, some eyes on the conservative side of things. But what I think is happening is that conservatives think Millet is one of them. He's, he's not. He's different. So hopefully people will actually listen to him. Because what I've heard over the past year or two has been a lot of kind of Republican and conservative thought leaders actually bashing libertarianism, saying it's no good. While at the same time saying this Melee guy, he's the real deal. He's great. And to that end, 
Donald Trump sent out a, a, a post on his Truth Social. He said this, The new president of Argentina, Argentina, Javier Millet, who truly loves his country, is working hard and, according to many in the know, making great progress. He inherited a total mess, but he is MAGA, make Argentina great again. Working very hard and against long odds will succeed. I look forward to helping him in the future. No. No, Donald Trump, you have that backwards. There's nothing that you can do to help Javier Millet. Javier Millet needs to be working on trying to help us. Javier Millet needs to help Donald Trump. Javier Millet is taking the government in Argentina if he's real. And again, the jury's still out. If he's real, he's taking it in a 180-degree different direction than Donald Trump took the American government between 2016 or 2017 and 2021, where government grew by leaps and bounds, where we printed up 40% of all the money in the history of the United States in 2020 alone and handed it out after shutting down schools and churches and small businesses. That's not a Javier Mille thing. So it's very interesting. Look, conservatives, I'm glad you're excited about Javier Mille. Why don't you start looking for people like that to vote for? And again, I say, you just had one. And most people couldn't look past old grievances or the or funny tweets and I will say Donald Trump has some funny tweets and he's done some he's done some great impressions of Joe Biden so far on the campaign he's done some good skits there's no doubt about it but you actually had somebody in in Vivek and and even him I'm suspicious of Vivek but you had somebody and once again you turned your back on him so I'm glad you like Millet why don't you start making your people the people that you support more Millet like that would just be my my suggestion. That's all the time I've got for today. Have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, bye bye.